Thank you so much. Yay. Somebody just say fire. fire. Say freedom. freedom. Breakthrough. Breakthrough. No limits. No limits. <laughs> My, what a, what a joy to be back at Zion, one of my favorite places. Love Jim and Mary Baker and key people in what God's doing in the world today. And this church is a significant church in what the Lord's doing. And just so uh, good to have the wealth with God crowd here. <laughs> Man, I was with you this weekend. You're, 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 whew, there's, there's some of you are, are some of the Christians my mom warned me about. <laughs> I'm going to minister a message today, the, the five steps of transformational mind renewal. The five steps of transformational mind renewal. Before I get into that, um, got a couple slides I want to show you. And just uh, so if you want to connect with what we're doing, um, there's my lovely wife, Wendy, and my joy mentor dog, Buddy, and uh, we, I do a weekly podcast. We have Igniting Hope Academy on there uh, that we have courses. We have certified belief trainers. We've got uh, some in the room right now. And, uh, and so if you want to connect with us, you can go to uh, that, that QR code or just to our website, ignitinghope.com, and sign up for the newsletter. We do an annual negativity fast, positivity feast. Uh, for Lent, uh, every year we have uh, all kinds of things happening. We have a, a marriage seminar or a marriage retreat. There's a slide on that as well. So if you want to come to Reading uh, and, and just uh, participate in that and go to Bethel Church, that's going to be a powerful event of igniting marriages. How many of you know uh, God loves a marriage? How many of you know... A healthy society comes from healthy families, which come from healthy marriages. And then also, uh, I'm, I'm doing a, a four-month online mentoring uh, with the course, two, three hours a week, doing eight pillars of leadership. And so if that's something you want to be a part of, we just started that this last Monday. And if you're looking for something to upgrade your leadership uh, your beliefs, the culture that you create around you, you can check that as well. We got a, a discount code there, Powell Ohio 25. How's that sound? All right. Just uh, before I get into the message, I want to just uh, release a, a few things that I'm hearing. Uh, uh, you know, one of the things was we worship the Lord. You know, He's holy. There, there's no wrong motive in God. He's not using, you know, that, that's just, when, when he, he, he is completely holy, he's completely, he's not, I mean, I'm, what, what I'm seeing just in that is that the Lord is raising up leaders who actually care for people and aren't using people for selfish motives. And I just hear, even in this region, in this house, in this region especially, this is a region that raises up leaders of integrity. Leaders whose motives are, are, are pure and just. 
and, and the, just that are going to break off the political spirit. And, and, and there's people within the sound of my voice that the Lord is, is, has his hand on your life, and he is raising you up to be a, an incredible leader in different spheres of society. And, and there's unlikely people within the sound of my voice who uh, the experts have said uh, uh, probably don't have much potential. Let's laugh at that. <laughs> who are going to be raised up. And, and this is a, a leadership. This house is a leadership launching pad. Amen. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, so this message, the five steps of transformational mind renewal, uh, I believe this message is uh, going to bless everybody. But for some people who hear this message, this is going to be the missing piece. This, this is going to be the thing that's going to say, okay, yep, the Lord's already saying that to me, and I'm going to put language to what he's already saying. What I'm going to share today is not the whole pie uh, of, of the Christian life, but it's an important piece. If you don't get this piece, the other pieces aren't going to function. And so, and, and it's really out of my, my message is out of my own story. I, you know, I didn't say, well, Lord, I don't know what to minister on, you know, what, what, sh- what should be my emphasis, uh, the mark of the beast. <laughs> now, these things uh, I've learned in the fire and I'm still learning. What, what we've overcome, we have authority to impart to others. So even, even your, own, your own battle right now is not just about you. The, the struggle that you have, whether it's emotional, whether it's relational, uh, whether it's lifestyle, uh, what, what financial, health, whatever it is, the struggle you have is not just about you. It's about the people you're going to influence through that struggle. James 1.12 says, to he who overcomes. By the way, just say, I'm an overcomer. <laughs> to he who overcomes is given a crown of life. And a crown of life represents authority. And so I, I've, I've overcome a lot of discouragement, a lot of hopelessness, a lot of victim mindset, uh, a lot of unworthiness, and I'm still overcoming those things. And, but that gives me authority. When, you have a, when you've overcome something, you don't need to say a lot to bring breakthrough. Paul told the Romans in Romans 1.11, he said, I long to be with you that I may impart to you a spiritual gift that you may be established. He said, I want to get there because there's something I can do in person that I can't do in a letter. And I believe today that there's going to be an impartation of a gift that's going to help you be established. Anybody believe with me on that? So five steps of, of radical mind renewal. Let me start with a verse in Hebrews 10, 14, where it says, By one offering, he has perfected forever those who are being sanctified. By one offering, he has perfected forever just say, I'm perfected forever. If you know Jesus, you're perfected forever. By one offering, he has perfected forever 
those who are being sanctified. So the moment we receive Jesus is the moment we become perfect. <laughs> Just say, I'm perfect. That might be a struggle to say. But yeah. <laughs> you're perfect in righteousness. You're perfect in protection. You, you've been perfect perfected in power. I mean, but, but sanctification is the process of getting into our experience who we already are, what we already have, and what we already can do. Let me say that again. Sanctification is the process of getting into our experience who we already are, what we already have, and what we already can do. And, and there's two main ways we get sanctified. One is by beholding his glory, and the other is through mind renewal. And it's, so it's a process. Transformation, in 2 Corinthians 3.18, it says, And we behold, as in a mirror, the glory of the Lord are being transformed. Say transformed are being transformed into the same image from one degree of glory to another. So it's progressive. This sanctification, this transformation is progressive. It's not something that we instantly get zapped in. So I, I'm, I'm being progressive in walking in a sound mind, the mind of Christ. Uh, it's progressive from glory to glory to see the, the kingdom operate through me with signs and wonders. And so beholding his glory is, is one way to be transformed or to be sanctified. The other way is mind renewal. Now, we're going to talk about that today. Romans 12, 2 says, be transformed by what? The renewing of your mind. It doesn't say be transformed by trying harder. It doesn't say be transformed by getting a five-point plan. Which I'm all, I'm all for that. But, but if, if we try to do great things with bad beliefs, our bad beliefs will, will work against what we're trying to do. And so, so the five steps of, uh, of transformational mind renewal, and, and I'll go over all of these. One is to value hope. Two is to identify strongholds. Three is to pursue joy. Four is to decide what to believe. And five is to get a plan to renew your mind with what you decided to believe. So, step number one in, in, in transformational mind renewals to value hope. Now, it says in Hebrews 10.23, let us hold fast the confession of our hope. Say confession of our hope. Let us hold fast the confession of our hope without wavering, for he who promised is faithful. That's a, that's a lot of hope talk. Man, I, uh, don't let it go and hold it fast, the confession of hope. And, and, but it tells us why, because he, he who promised is faithful. I, I'm not into positive thinking. I'm into biblical optimism. I mean, positive thinking is better than negative thinking. 
but biblical optimism is rooted in something. It's rooted in, he, he's faithful. Just say, he is faithful. It says in, uh, in Romans 15, 13, it says, now, yeah, say now. now. When's now? now. <laughs> but it's like a sharp group here. <laughs> it says, now may the God of hope fill you. When? Now. When things get better in your life? Now. When things change in your country? Now. Hmm. <laughs> now may the God of hope fill you. By the way, we're already filled, but we, we get the God of hope filling us in our soul, our mind, our will, and emotions. Now, may the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace. Hope has two buddies who hang out with him. <laughs> One's called all joy, not just a trickle of joy. I mean, all joy. I mean, buddy, my dog, he's my joy mentor. When I come home, he, he doesn't just walk up to me slowly. Look up and say, I'm joyful on the inside. Uh-uh, his, his joy shows. I mean, he's wagging his tail so hard, I'm concerned he's going to pull a back muscle. ha <laughs> <laughs> Now, may the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace. So you got those three hang out together. And then it says, now may the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing. Say, in believing. believing. That you may abound in hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. And so the key phrase in there is in believing. The, The moment we believe truth is the moment we start getting filled by the God of hope. So increasing hope is the evidence that we're renewing our mind with truth instead of lies. Let me say that again. Increasing hope is the evidence we're renewing our mind with truth instead of lies. Decreasing hope is the evidence we're renewing our mind with lies instead of truth. So as we begin the journey of transformational mind renewal, we we begin to understand That wherever I don't have hope, then I'm renewing my mind with a lie instead of with truth. And that's that's the beginning point. Because if I don't know, because the nature of deception is that you don't know you're deceived. Once you know you're deceived, you're no longer deceived. And so I begin this journey, all right, okay, where, where don't I have hope? All right, okay, you know, maybe it's financial, maybe it's family, maybe, uh, maybe it's national. And you say, okay, if I don't have hope, then I'm renewing my mind with lies instead of truth. That's point number one. We don't get that. And it, it's, it's like, okay, how, I, I didn't know that. I didn't realize that For most of my Christian life, I renewed my mind with my feelings and my past rather than what he said. That's all I came into agreement with. And and so this hope standard is so, so crucial. And there's so many things I could say about hope because once you start valuing hope, you realize because our hope level determines our influence level. 
It's very difficult to influence that which you do not have hope for. Our hope is also what makes our faith healthy. People who try to walk in faith who don't have hope have an unhealthy faith. Let me try to explain this. The, the difference between faith and hope. Faith is very specific. Hope is more general. Faith says, God's going to do this. Hope says, I don't know what God's going to do, but good things are coming. Because okay, one of the best definitions of hope is uh, hope is the confident, joyful expectancy that good is coming. The psalmist, he said in Psalm 27, I would have lost heart unless I would be believe that I would see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. So faith is specific. Hope is general. Faith says that prayer is going to be answered. Hope says while I'm waiting for that prayer to be answered, I'm going to thrive. And even if that prayer is never answered, I'm going to thrive. Faith people without hope have limited options because they tend to put all their eggs in one basket or one thing or direction. If this doesn't happen, I can't live. It's all over if that doesn't happen. <laughs> but hope people believe they have a lot of options. Just say, I have a lot of options. <laughs> say it again. Say it louder. <laughs> Those who believe they have a lot of options have a lot of options. Those who don't believe they have a lot of options don't have a lot of options. Faith people without hope have a very difficult time overcoming disappointment. Because, again, of a tendency. Okay, that, if, this is it. But faith people with hope, and I'm, I'm not saying we never believe for things. We need to believe for things. But, but faith people with hope have a greater, uh, they have a greater capacity to overcome disappointment. Because their life doesn't depend on certain things to really live. Faith people without hope tend to carry around a spirit of heaviness on them while they're waiting for something to happen. Huh. I can't live until that happens. Now, we don't verbalize that, but there's a subconscious thing. Yeah, I can't live till that breakthrough happens. Can't live till I get married. Can't live until you know, I get out of debt. Can't live until you know, my husband gets it together. Ha 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 Everybody just look straight ahead. Look straight ahead. Ha <laughs> ha okay. <laughs> I mean, I'm glad that I have a GPS system which is a faith system that also has hope. If, if my GPS system didn't have hope, here's what my GPS would say to me if I took a wrong turn or the road was blocked. Here's what it would say. You just blew it. 
This trip is over. <laughs> Pull the car over. Exit the vehicle. Because I can't get you to where you need to be from here. Ha uh-huh. ha. No, my, my, what's it say? Recalculating? Or, I mean, it doesn't get stressed at all. That's how hope people think. And this hope piece in the renewing of the mind, when you start going after hope and you start valuing hope and you realize that our hopelessness about a problem is a bigger problem than the problem. Because our hopelessness reveals to us we're renewing our mind with lies about that situation. And if we're trying to change situations without changing the beliefs surrounding them, we're probably not going to see transformation. You guys got that? All right, so that's number one. Number two is, uh, second step is to identify strongholds. Now, so as we, so we begin to understand, all right, um, then my belief systems, 2 Corinthians 10, 4, and 5, the most quoted spiritual warfare passage in the Bible says this. It says, the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but they're mighty in God to the pulling down of strongholds. We demolish arguments and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God, taking every thought captive to the obedience of Christ. And the only command that's given in that most quoted spiritual warfare passage is about our thinking. The highest level of spiritual warfare is to decide to think higher than what you're feeling and experiencing. The highest level of spiritual warfare is the decision to think higher than what you're feeling and experiencing. That, that's it. Man, that's, uh, I mean, I remember as I first got saved, I'd go to church not feeling saved, and they'd give the altar call to be saved. I'd go up and get saved again. <laughs> And the, the Lord says, Steve, I've got good news for you. You are saved even when you don't feel saved. Wow, that's amazing. So when I decided to believe I was saved when I didn't feel saved, that was greater spiritual warfare than me rebuking the devil for 30 minutes. That was major league warfare. Strongholds. It says, pull down strongholds. Let's talk about in here, right here. We, we develop strongholds by perpetual agreement with either lies or truth. I mean, we can have positive strongholds. We have negative strongholds. We, we, can, have, we can be told that we're stupid by somebody we respect, and then we rehearse that and come into agreement, and, 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 and we start limiting our life based on what somebody else said because we didn't capture that thing. We didn't even know how. I didn't know how. I remember when I, 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 I've been senior pastor for 17 years. I remember in 2001, I moved to Weaverville, California to pastor 
my second church. And the first week I get there, someone comes up to me and says, Steve, this city is hard for the gospel. I thought, that's it. That's the stronghold. That's it. That belief system is the stronghold. We, I mean, we don't deny it's hard, but, but if I come into agreement with that, then I become the regional principality. <laughs> I thought I'd throw that one out on the, 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 the Zion crowd and see how that worked. That's, that's the stronghold. That, that belief system. Yeah. Because, and that's what gets to be pulled down. I remember my first pastorate, I, I, was, <clears throat> I was complaining to the Lord about my people. It's these people you've given me. If I had better people, I could really do something. <laughs> And the Lord says, Steve, do you know what your people's biggest problem is? <laughs> I said, no, Lord. What's my people's biggest problem? Steve, your people's biggest problem is you. Because you got, there's a stronghold that's blocking so much of what's in them is in your thinking. Your belief about it. That's it. That's the stronghold. How you think about it. How you think about your family. How you, how, what, that, that's it. It's interesting. You, you think about in the Old Testament, Moses sends out 12 spies to spy out the promised land in Numbers 13. And they were, the, their purpose, they, God had already said, I'm going to give you the land. But 10 of them didn't understand their purpose. And 10 came back with a conclusion that they couldn't win. And, but their purpose was really to scout out, okay, who, what's, what's our opponent so we can get a strategy to defeat them? And, and, and so there were literal giants. And, and it, uh, in the new covenant, we don't, we don't fight literal giants that are blocking our promised land. What, what's, what's in our promised land to be defeated is mindsets. Strongholds. That, that's what's in there. Ephesians 6, 17 says, take up the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. It's called a sword because we're supposed to kill something with it. Not people. I want to go back to Jim's. <laughs> no, but we, but we get to kill mindsets. They're called strong, well, you know, victim mindsets. Pessimism. Discouragement. Inferiority, uh, all, all those things, and, and we all we all face the same ones. First Corinthians ten thirteen says, "No temptation has come upon you except which is common to man." The greatest temptations we face are to believe lies. That's what happened with Eve in the garden. Basically, the devils planted a lie 
God's not good. God's withholding something good from you. That was a lie. And once you believe that lie, then behavioral sin followed. Same thing happened with Jesus in the garden. After he heard, this is my beloved son in whom I won't please, the devil tempted him and said, if, if, if you are the son of God. The, the plan was to try to plant a seed of doubt to get him to start doubting his identity. But he, he quoted the word and overcame the lie. And so we all hear the same lies. No temptation has come upon you except which is common to man. I used to think, you know, I like to laugh at lies, and I want you to laugh at this lie. You guys get, why don't you guys warm up your laughers? Uh, okay, there we go. Thank you. <laughs> uh, let's laugh at this lie. You are the only one who feels the way you feel. Ha, ha, ha. That's what I thought. Nobody, because nobody told me what my real enemies were. I didn't know. Nobody told me. Steve, nobody told me, hey, Steve, everybody gets to kill the giant of shame. Everybody feels shame. I didn't know that. Everybody feels insecure. Everybody uh, battles disappointment. Everybody's battled disappointment with God themselves, other people. Everybody. I didn't know that. I want to that's why I live so long and <clears throat> there's something uniquely wrong with you lie. Let's laugh at this lie. There's something uniquely wrong with you. Ha <laughs> <laughs> ha. <laughs> My feeling of discouragement is almost always a bigger problem than what I'm discouraged about. My feeling of shame is almost always a bigger problem than what I feel shame about. My, my disappointment is, my feeling of disappointment is almost always a bigger problem than what I'm disappointed about. That's it. That's the stronghold. That feeling, that's it. Mm -hmm. I've got a, I had an experience a while back, a, We've, I've got an old truck, hardly ever drive. It's a Chevy Colorado. It's, it's not, doesn't look great. It's got, even got a crack in the windshield and just kind of drive it around my property. But every once in a while, I take some things to the dump. And so this one day, I, I said, hey, Wendy, let's go to the dump. <laughs> <laughs> so we, we, we went and we put some stuff in there. But then we also stopped by uh, our accountant. I forgot. I said, okay, well, let's stop by our accountant. And, and we had to do some tax stuff. And so I drive up. The moment I drive up in my old, not looking so good truck, there's another couple drives up, must have been about a $70,000 new, brand new truck. And we both get out at the same time. Ha ha ha. Whoa. Ha ha ha. Ha ha ha. Ha ha ha. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I felt something. 
I felt shame. That's it. That's the stronghold. That feeling. That, that's, and, and I didn't know that. That's fueled by, well, that's, there's something still there, Steve. There's something still there, isn't there? Mm-hmm. And when I start pointing my spiritual warfare guns at that, then that's how you start renewing your mind. Because if you all know what your problem is, you have a real problem. I mean, you think about shame, we all battle shame. I mean, there's all, there's all forms of shame. There, there's physical appearance shame. There's family situation shame. There's financial status shame. There's physical health shame. There's spiritual gift shame. And yeah, it's, these things are so subtle. And, and, and it, it, I didn't know. Wow. That, that, that's, that's my battle. And it's exciting. Remember, he told me when I was going after discouragement, he said, every time you start feeling discouraged, Steve, I want you to get excited. <laughs> yes, I'm starting to feel discouraged again. Woo-hoo! <laughs> this is it. That's the stronghold. <laughs> yeah, uh-huh. I get to pull my sword out. Woo-hoo! I get to get some muscle. You only get muscle by pushing against resistance. Yeah, this is exciting. I'm starting to feel discouraged. And, you know, this is a more important moment to me than getting slain in the spirit. This is it. Because I get to kill this thing. I get to stop renewing my mind with something. That's creating that thing. It's transformational. The third step is, is pursue joy. I mean, this is a... Now may the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing. I used to not value joy. I was a, a joy-impaired, laughter-impaired Christian. Some be crying in church. Oh, yes, amen. God is moving. And he probably was moving. Some be laughing, I'd be troubled. If they really understood things, they wouldn't be laughing. <laughs> then, you know, I've shared Psalm 2 4, he sits in the heavens, laughs. He's laughing what his enemies are saying and planning. And, and when we're able to laugh at the lies creating our negative strongholds, we begin to disempower them. Because to laugh, you have to let go of something. Because <laughs> you can't hold on to the lies creating your frustration, victim mindset, pessimism, disappointment, unworthiness, and laugh at the same time. You're either going to hold on to those lies or you're going to let go. I mean, it's sometimes it's kind of painful to laugh because you're laughing. Oh. Let, let me give you a couple of lies. You guys want to do an experiment? You guys like to laugh at lies? All right. Let's, 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 let's laugh at this lie. Um, it may work for somebody else, but it won't work for you. 
<laughs> yeah. Um, you are an insignificant person in the body of Christ. Ha <laughs> ha. God loves you, but he does not like you. <laughs> Let's give an extra laugh on that one. <laughs> he doesn't like me. <laughs> Things are only going to get worse in your life. Because... <laughs> Goes after <laughs> some deeper belief. <laughs> How about this one? Your prayers for your nation are not working at all. <laughs> that goes after deeper beliefs. Joy is such a um, a, a powerful a powerful thing, and I was looking at Romans fourteen seventeen where. It says the kingdom of God is not about meat and drink, but about righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit. By the way, all three parts of the kingdom, if you go after righteousness and you go after peace and you go after joy, you pursue all three of those, it's going gonna, it's gonna, it's gonna to get you right in the middle of the kingdom life. And, and, and so I, I was thinking about joy. I said, well... Uh, just say joy is one-third of the kingdom. Now, when I first heard somebody say that, I, I thought, I don't think so. But now I'm convinced. Because if you pursue joy, you're going to grow up. One of the most... Radical questions you can ask is, why am I not radically joyful now? I mean, that question, whew. I mean, the Lord loves to ask us questions. Who told you that? Do you want to be made well? Can these bones live? Because <laughs> God's not, God's not asked, looking for information. He's, he's looking for revelation. And there's, I mean, I've found this. There's no convenient time to be radically joyful. I've never found a time. And I, I understand we weep with those who weep. There's seasons of mourning. But I found, I found this. There, I've never found a time to be radically joyful. There's always a reason. Nap's yeah, not a good day today. Mm -hmm. More tired than I thought I was. A little, I'm disappointed in me in some areas. Hear bad news in the media. People in my life aren't doing what I think they should be doing. <laughs> Joy in a more convenient season, I will call for you. <laughs> but I think about, you know, uh, Joy's one-third of the kingdom. I thought, well, oh, Lord, if Joy's one-third of the kingdom, how come we hear so few messages on Joy. And here's what I, I felt like he said to me. He said, Steve, because under a religious mindset, it's impossible to be joyful.
Because under a religious mindset, if you're joyful, you're not getting it. Because if you really got it, you'd understand God has just about had enough of you. Just about had enough of you. He's so frustrated and disappointed with you, he's about ready to implode. You prayed one hour, you should have prayed two. You fasted for three days, but you ate a marshmallow on day two. <laughs> and now God is angry. I don't even like marshmallows. I just had, I've got to have a marshmallow today. I have a marshmallow. Religion only celebrates and becomes joyful with perfection. Families celebrate and become joyful with progress. The joy of the Lord is our strength. I've got seven grandchildren. When our oldest, Caden, was learning to walk, his daughter, our, our daughter, his mother, Heidi, would send us texts saying, Caden took a step. Whew, I became joyful. Whew, yes. She never sent us a text. Caden fell down again. Caden fell down 50 times today. He's such a disappointment to us. He's an embarrassment to our church, I mean, to our family. <laughs> if parents were like many Christian leaders, uh-oh. <laughs> Here's what they would say to their toddler who's trying to walk and falling down. Quit trying to walk. You're being presumptuous and prideful. It's clear you do not have the gift of walking. Because if you had the gift of walking, you wouldn't be struggling so much. Wouldn't be so hard for you if you had the gift. Besides, if you had the gift of walking, you'd already be walking. Don't you know walking ceased with the apostles? <laughs> 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 yeah. <laughs> it's clear that God's infinite wisdom and superior sovereignty, He has predestined you 
with the gift of crawling. <laughs> Be content in the state you're in. God wants you to be a walker. He'll just zap you, poof, and you'll start walking with no struggle. That's just ridiculous. But that's how I, I thought, no, no, just, if I'm not doing it perfectly yet, I can't feel good about myself. I can't be joyful. Because if I start feeling good about me, I mean, what would we do if a toddler died? Oh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to not celebrate you yet until you walk perfectly because I don't want you to feel good about yourself. Because you may quit trying. Whew. Those who succeed most also seem to fail most. Because they're trying things. We're trying to walk higher. I'm trying to walk higher in joy. I'm trying to walk higher in doing relationships well. And it's, so joy is a key to get into the mind renewal process. Whoo, yeah, I celebrate progress, not perfection. That piece, because it's the perfectionistic attitude that causes people to get very poor beliefs about themselves and others and their environments. You guys good? All right, number four, <clears throat> we're talking about valuing hope, identifying strongholds, pursuing joy, and then number four is to decide what to believe. Because the renewing of the mind is not by osmosis. We don't just renew our mind by sitting in church or reading the Bible, which is so important, but we renew our mind by saying, okay, I'm going to start renewing my mind with this. It says, be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Renew. Do it. Re. Again. It, it, it's because the repentance means to change the way you think. That's the Greek meaning. Repentance is not an event. It's a lifestyle. I, I'm constantly changing the way I think. I, but first, I've got to identify what I'm going to believe. What am I going to believe about God? What am I going to believe about me? What am I going to believe about you? What am I going to believe about my nation? What am I going to believe about my circumstances? One of the greatest revelations we'll ever get is that we can choose what we're going to believe. I can choose what to believe about me. And... I said it the other night, if God wanted us to think with limitations and think small, he did a bad job in telling us so. Jesus said, the things that I do, you will do also, and greater things. Woo-hoo, wow. Wow, that's a, man, I'm a greater things guy. He did it. And so, what do we believe? And, and I just think, we, we just need some core beliefs in our lives. I mean, I, I have these kind of core general beliefs that uh, are foundational. And then we have specific beliefs about ourselves based on what we believe God's told us, uh, prophetic words, what we, what we sense our calling is. And so I've got, um, by the way, on our website, ignitinghope.com, 
we've got all kinds of declarations on there and beliefs. And one of them is uh, 25 declarations to increase your influence. And so this has different beliefs that I've decided I'm going to believe. Uh, one is uh, what I call the adaptability belief that I will thrive no matter what happens. Why don't you say that? Okay, so that's a belief I've decided I'm going to believe, that I have. So I'm, I'm seeking to strengthen that belief in, in my life. Because how many of you know those who believe they'll thrive no matter what happens will thrive no matter what happens? Uh, another, another belief is what I call the bottom lining belief. Um, even if the worst happens, I will be okay. Say that. Even if the worst happens, I'll be okay. I mean, the three Hebrew children, Nebuchadnezzar, uh, I'm going to throw you in the fire if you don't bow down. He says, hey, you know, God is able to deliver us, but even if he doesn't, we'll be okay. And usually by bottom lining our beliefs uh, in that area, because if we can face what we think might be the worst thing that can happen, it takes the fear out of that. And the chances of the worst thing happening are slim. But it takes the fear, so I, I bottom line it. I, one of my other beliefs is that there is always a solution. Just say there's always a solution. And, and so I, I, I determine, I'm going to believe that in my life, that there's always, and these are all biblically based. Uh, I, I believe that my forward movement in life causes red seas to part. So my forward movement in life causes red seas to part. Why don't you say that? So we decide what we're going to believe. And when we decide, I'm going to not going to get my beliefs out of my feelings and past experience anymore, but I'm going to get my beliefs out of what he's saying. And then say, I'm going to, I'm going to renew my mind with that. And so then we, we, we get into our, our prophetic words and what we believe God has called us to do. And because and, Abraham... I mean, in the Old Testament, God said, all right, count the stars, count the sand. That's how many your descendants are going to be. And, and the Lord said, I want you to believe that you are a father of a multitude. I, that's a belief I want you to have. And the Bible says he was strengthened in that belief. The Lord told Gideon, uh, the Lord is with you. I want you to believe you are a mighty warrior. That is a belief that you're to strengthen within your life. Now, he was a mighty warrior in a non-mighty warrior experience. And so who, who I say I am, I mean, I have fun with that. You know, I'm a, <clears throat> I'm a high-level joy person who has sometimes non-high-level joy experiences. I'm an organized person who has, at times, disorganized experiences. I'm a great husband who sometimes has non-great husband experiences. But the Lord has said, I, I, I want you to believe, and this is, a, you know, I, our identity beliefs are some of the most important things. Because if we, we can't consistently do what we don't believe we are. 
So I got to believe, you know, who I believe I am is going to be one of the biggest determining factors and one of the greatest things I re need to renew my mind with is who God says I am. So I won't spend a lot of time on that, but in the renewing of the mind, it's what am I going to believe? Roman, I mean, Matthew 4, 4 says, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds in the mouth of God. So the quality of my life depends on my identifying what I believe God has told me. And it's so powerful to write them down. What do I believe? Who am I? Who are the people in my life? Lord, what do you want me to renew my mind with? That's the, that's the question. And then the last is this. We get a plan to renew our mind with those beliefs. We get a plan. It's, it's, I like to look at it this way. I like to work out my beliefs. Because I don't want flabby beliefs. It's a bummer to have flabby beliefs. You get strong beliefs, you're gonna, your load-bearing capacity is going to increase, your resilience is going to increase, and your adaptability is going to increase. So I work them out. I work them out through declarations, speaking what, what the Lord is saying, because faith comes by hearing. And so one of them, once I determine what I'm going to believe, like I remember the, before I ever wrote books, felt like the Lord says, I want you to believe you're an author. I said, but Lord, isn't that lying? <laughs> and I shared this the other night. He says, Okay, see, let me ask you a question. Do you wait for an apple tree to have apples on it before you call it an apple tree? No. So you don't get your identity out of your, uh, what you've done. You get your identity out of what you're created to do. And so I was to believe I'm an author. Now, I was not in the experience of authorhood. But that was a belief. He said, I want you to strengthen that. And so I'd say, I write books. I'm an author. My books change people's lives. And, and it's, it was a part of the plan of just saying that. And, and, and at first, it was, it was ridiculous. And my stronghold says, no, you can't do that. Don't you remember? There's something uniquely wrong with you. But I kept at it. Kept at it. And then... then my wife is just, she's so much into biblical imagination. She says, just imagine it, Steve. Take time uh, and, and see it and, and strengthen that belief. And, and keep listening you know, to faith and hope people. Keep listening and keep, you know, and as your plan, keep worshiping. Have you noticed how many worship songs have powerful declarations in them, statements uh, uh, that are, you know, I remember get, getting frustrated with worship leaders because they would have me sing the same phrase over and over again. And I was talking to the Lord about it. He says, Steve, that's the only way I can get you to say it. 
The only way I can get you to say something higher than what you're feeling and experiencing is if there's music. I'm going to get you to say it without music. And so this strategy of saying, all right, I'm, I'm going to go on a journey. I mean, w w whatever you want in your life, part of it, a major part of it is saying, what am I going to believe about that? You want to see something different in your family? What you believe about your family is more important than anything you're doing in your family. What are you going to believe? What, what, what are you going to believe about uh, your finances? What are you going to believe about your influence? And what I love about it is Romans 12, too, it takes all limits off our lives because there's no limit to how much we can renew our minds. So there's no limit to how much we can be transformed. Someone get excited out there. I mean, that's just good stuff. So five steps of transformational mind renewal. Someone just go, ah, I value hope. Yeah, I value hope because I know where I don't have hope, I'm renewing my mind with a lie. And that's not for condemnation. That's just great information. Then I identify strongholds. That's it. That feeling that I'm having is a bigger problem than the problem. That's it. And it's coming from a belief system. And I got, I got a sword. I'm going to take that thing out. Then you pursue joy. You get joy in the middle. You say, okay, man, on this mind renewal journey, I'm going to go after joy. And I'm going to start celebrating progress, not perfection. I'm going to find out why joy is one-third of the kingdom. Then you identify, what am I going to believe? What am I going to believe? Lord, what do you want me to believe? And then start listing those things. And it's going to be something higher than what you feel and experience. And then you develop a plan. Okay, how am I going to strengthen those beliefs? How am I going to strengthen those beliefs? And we've got all kinds of material and just, uh, I do a weekly podcast. I mean, just, you can go to our website. We are committed to helping you see transformation. Because God is an equal opportunity God. He hasn't predestined anybody in this room for mediocrity. He, 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 he hasn't said, well, the best you can hope for is a level three. No, because when, when you start getting this, you start getting hope. I mean, I remember I, I was starting to learn this, and I thought, I've been lied to. I've been lied to. I've been lied to. I feel the devil, he's called the father of all lies. He is constantly you're not gonna make it. It's only gonna get worse. You're just, you know, you're insignificant. Everything you feel is true. You know, this. <laughs> you know, and no. And I just release over you 
uh, a grace today. Why don't you stand up? Yeah, just a, I release over you just a, a grace on your life that is going to explode in a positive way in your spirit. I thank you, Lord. I thank you for a revelation uh, on even what was shared today. I thank you. You're going way beyond the words that are spoken, and you're doing something in every heart, people who are here, people watching online, people listening to the recording, I thank you for, for transformation. I thank you, Lord, that, that you, uh, there's no limits to what we can become. And I, I thank you, Father, just for every person here. And I ask you that they would, would just, that hope would arise. Hope would arise. That those who are afraid of hope, hoping again because of a fear of disappointment. Thank you, Lord, just for healing that, that thing. And then, Lord, just thank you for, for just like Gideon. He got a seed in him. He got a seed, and that eventually changed the nation when it looked like he wasn't getting it. Thank you, Father. If you receive the word today, say, I receive it. I'll never be the same again. Something happened in me this morning. It was supernatural. It's going to increase. It's going to influence the nations. I'm significant in what God's doing. Nobody can say it like me. I'm in a season of breakthrough. Breakthrough in my emotions. Breakthrough in my relationships. Breakthrough in my finances. Breakthrough in my influence. And that makes me glad. Amen. Give the Lord a shout. Give him a shout of praise. Man, oh man. So if I believe that my city is hard for the gospel, I become the regional principality. We might need to marinate on that one a little bit. Well, hey guys, before we uh, dismiss, I'd love for us to just take up an offering for Steve and uh, just to honor him and bless him. And so uh, you can... Uh, you can, if you give in the Zion app, if you have that downloaded, you'll see there'll be a little uh, bar there for Steve. You can do it directly. Um, this whole offering will be counted separately. So if you give check, just make it to Zion Christian Fellowship. Uh, if you give cash, the whole thing will be counted separately. We're giving the whole thing to him. And so um, I don't know if you give better standing up or sitting down. I don't know what, what's the best way to do this. Let's give you a minute there to do that. But, yeah, so the Zion app and um, write checks to Zion Christian Fellowship. But thanks for being generous. Yeah, can you put up the ways to give uh, slide? That would be awesome. Thank you for that. And so, yeah, and Steve's got resources in the bookstore that really, he does such a good job of equipping you to go deeper in the stuff. It's, this is not a message you can just hear and go, great, let's go eat. Uh, this is really something that uh, is, is kind of that foundational, uh, what, what we need to move forward in the Christian life. So thank you for being generous. <laughs>